Hey listeners, it's Keith from Evertrue. Evertrue is the end-to-end solution for insight, outreach, and analytics for higher ed advancement and stewardship teams around the world. Recently, we launched Evertrue Studios, Advancement's very first media hub, where subscribers have access to over 100 hours of free, on-demand original series and podcasts, all created with fundraisers in mind. Check us out at evertrue.com backslash studios. I'm Kim Maoni, and this is Mentorship Matters, a podcast that examines the current and future landscape of fundraising leaders and the power of inclusive mentorship in advancement. Today, I'm honored to talk with my friend Bathsheba Philpott, Vice President of Philanthropy with the National Medical Fellowships. And our topic today is purpose-driven philanthropy. How about that? Welcome, Bathsheba. Thank you, Kim. It's great to be with you today. Great to see you. So I want to go back to early in your career when you decided to get into uh, advancement. Perhaps you can give give us a quick tidbit about what motivated you to uh, pursue a career in advancement. Absolutely. Uh, Happy to, Kim. And thank you so much again for uh, inviting me to join you today for uh, this podcast session. So, I had the pleasure very, very early in my career of uh, working in a very, very small non-for-profit organization. Um, We, uh, at the time I joined, were, I want to say, a staff of six people working. Um, The name of the organization at that time was the Alliance to End Childhood Lead Poisoning. Very, very important issue. Um, As you know, we we uh, all heard the news coming out of Flint and, you know, D.C. has had, you know, uh, lead and water issues, et cetera. So uh, this organization um, was founded to uh, serve as an advocacy organization um, and also advance policy to protect children specifically against lead hazards and housing. So I started there in an administrative role, um, really enjoyed the work. Um, I learned a ton um, while I was there. And uh, honestly, uh, one day raised my hand and said, you know, I'd love to, you know, work in with the development team. I'd love to assist with fundraising. We had at that time brought on a very wonderful in our first um, uh, development director, guiding David Batts, who was fantastic. Um, And so I... Um, essentially, my boss said, absolutely sure, we'd love to have you help us out in development. And so I started um, mostly working on uh, this organization was primarily supported through both federal appropriations and also federal grants. So I started um, helping out um, with our federal grants. At that time, we were receiving support from both HUD and EPA. We also had some private grants as well. Um, In addition to uh, soliciting our board members, I forget how, we probably had about a 20 plus member board at that time. Um, So yeah, so that's essentially how I got started and um, really enjoyed the work, specifically um, the opportunity to impact, uh, to have impact on the mission and vision of the organization um, by helping to bring in um, needed and valuable resources. So that's really what, what drove me to the profession. Um, and um, I was, when I started doing the work there, 
I was in a hybrid role. So I was still doing, I was doing some communications work as well as development. And so left uh, that organization to join the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace so that I could focus solely on, on fundraising. You know, that's a really wonderful story. So it seems like early on in your career, you kind of honed in on being with uh, mission-driven organizations. I mean, what happened at Flint, that was, uh, that was something very, very uh, serious with a serious impact to the community. So I like the fact that early on, as you were started, you, you honed in on the importance of, uh, uh, of, uh, of mission. And you have had a fulfilling advancing career in the DC metro area, spanning a wide range of organizations from higher education to nonprofits. I mean, you have really done a good job of, uh, of putting yourself in places that have a meaning and have a purpose. So when you think about uh, mentorship, who has been the most influential person that shaped your career from early on to where you are today? Wow, thank you so much for that question, Kim. Um, I love it. <laughs> Because that that's very very uh, important and um, yeah happy to happy to share. So you know for me it's interesting because I've had um, mentors who were both development professionals as well as those outside of the profession. Um, and I, I have to say one of the individuals that I had the pleasure to work with um, who actually sits outside of development. Um, is uh, Dr. Denise Corbramble. So Dr. Bramble, Corbramble is at Children's National Hospital here in, in DC. And um, she's currently leading the diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts there. But when I joined uh, Children's many, many years back, she was serving as um, executive vice president overseeing the community pediatric health work um, and some other areas at Children's. So, um, Denise is one of these individuals um, that is very steady in her leadership style, right? So she sets a wonderful tone in the way that she leads. Um, she's very thoughtful, very strategic. And I, I just, she early on um, in my career at Children's and my time there, she just really, really impressed me um, with her presence and her style. You know, we would meet with uh, Dr. Cora Bramble probably about every couple of weeks or once a month. I forget what the cadence was because it's been it's been quite some time. But she just struck me as a consummate professional. And so whenever I um, think about you know individuals who have inspired me in my career um, and who Honestly, I would look to emulate. She's one of the first individuals that comes to mind. She is just phenomenal. And um, she, you know, she is also a woman of color. She's just, she's just amazing. So, yeah, so I would definitely have to call out uh, Dr. Cora Bramble as one of the uh, individuals that I've been really inspired by in my career. And I don't know that I've ever said that to her. So I'll have to drop her a note after <laughs> <laughs> at some point yeah. just to convey that to her because I don't know that she's ever heard me say that or, or um, realizes that I, I think of her in that way that I absolutely do. She's, she's wonderful. You know, you raise a very important point that I always try to stress with folks when I talk to them about mentorship. You don't, just because you work in advancement doesn't mean that your mentor has to be somebody in advancement. Oftentimes mm -hmm. it's people that are working in industry, 
in other sectors, uh, you know, it could be somebody in hospitality that has built a career where they believe in the mission of the organization they're part of. And you talking to them, you're gonna get a lot of nuggets that can help mm -hmm. inform your career. So think outside the box. And the other important point that you just made that I wanna go back to is her being a woman of color and the significance of having a mentor such as her mm -hmm. as a black woman. Talk to us about that. Absolutely, happy to. Um, well, as, as you all know, uh, Kim, and I'm sure it won't uh, be a surprise to many of our listeners as, as well, um, not enough of us sit in, you know, those C-suite and executive level positions, unfortunately. And by us, I mean, not only um, women of color, but also men of color, right? Um, yeah, exactly. so, yeah, yeah. So when we do find, we do have the pleasure of serving in organizations um, where the C-suite is more diverse and you have representation, um, you know, that's that's always affirming, frankly, right? It's it's always, uh, I, I think, a good thing. That's one of the things I look at when going to an organization. I do look at the board. I do look at others, you know, who are um, peers of mine, you know, sort of at that VP and C-suite level. And um, so, you know, I, I don't think we can stress enough the importance of that, right? Um, right. Oftentimes, um, you know, our uh, philanthropic partners will ask questions specifically, you know, they want to ensure um, that we are upholding, um, you know, values that are consistent with DEI, right? They want right. to ensure that not only the staff, but the leadership, including the board, um, is, you know, diverse. Right, um, and that they uh, look like oftentimes the people that we're serving in terms of, you know, who's actually sitting in those in those board seats and in those leadership roles. So, yeah, I mean, I I can't um, stress enough the and certainly the importance of it. And I will say that, you know, again, going back to uh, Dr. Cora Bramble, you know, it, it's 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 always. Um, wonderful to partner um, with those individuals, um, to learn from them, um, you know, to have opportunities to um, frankly be inspired, right? Exactly. I mean, she, yeah. I found her, I found her to be inspiring, just watching her do the work that she did as a physician. So she was a dual MBA, MD. Um, so watching her serve in the role that she served in a children's, um, watching how she engaged with her staff and her, you know, and others around her. I mean, she, to me, like, again, she just embodied professionalism. Um, and I could tell that she was very keen to issues of inclusion and equity, um, just in the way that she engaged with everyone across the board. And again, I just found that inspiring. It is, and especially for somebody to be called into uh, DEI way back before before other folks were thinking about the importance of that. And I think perhaps, you know, as as people of color, as professionals of color, uh, we may tend to be more sensitive to those issues because we have been on the outside looking in. And so once we get inside, we uh, our eyes are a lot more uh, wide open, I would say, to looking at those things and how we can create a path for others uh, like us to uh, to follow through. So uh, 
I, I really, I really uh, enjoy that story. So um, what does purpose-driven philanthropy mean to you? I mean, you, you know, you, you work in a space that folks have to be very in the mission. You just can't fake it. Like you got to believe in it because the impact of the work that you're doing to uh, increase uh, uh, diversity and, and, and equity, equitable access to healthcare field uh, to folks who are underrepresented. You can't fake it. You have, you have to really believe in that. So what does purpose-driven philanthropy mean to you? Mm. You know, when I when I hear uh, purpose-driven philanthropy, right? So professionally, um, most of my advancement career has been in corporate and foundational missions. So that's really my sweet spot. That's that's the area um, that I have spent, you know, the majority of my career. And um, the wonderful thing about working in the CFR space, uh, corporate and foundation relations space, is that a lot of philanthropies, specifically foundations, but not exclusively corporations as well, are really, really looking towards impact. They're very um, driven and ask specific questions, um, and their you know their strategy is about how they are impacting, you know, what the impact is from their investments, right? So it's very strategic, it, it's very thoughtful, um, and they, they specifically invest in organizations, right, that they um, have confidence in, um, in terms of helping to realize that that impact. So, so, so that being said, I hear, yeah, I was just going to say, when I hear purpose-driven philanthropy, I think about philanthropy that is very strategic, it's very intentional, it's very thoughtful, um, and it is um, centered on an impact and outcome. So that that's what it, that's what it brings to mind for me. But I would love to hear, I know the, the name of the podcast is around <laughs> um, mission-driven or purpose-driven philanthropy. So I'd love to hear uh, your perspectives on it. Absolutely. You know, when I talk about purpose-driven philanthropy, it's about directing resources intentionally in mm -hmm. support of a meaningful purpose that mm -hmm. can shape the future of the society. So yeah. when we when we talk about the United Negro College Fund, okay, for instance, I'll pick on them. They raise money to support HBCUs to ensure that mm -hmm. HBCUs that are a pillar of the African American community and beyond remain viable, so folks can get scholarships to go there. And you think about that. Uh, most of the underrepresented population, uh, they, uh, you know, going to a college that's $10,000 a year is a lot. So mm -hmm. if we can provide them resource, we just change the, the, their future uh, families, their, the trajectory of the entire family. I think of organizations mm -hmm. that have refugees, same thing. So to me, those are, uh, I've encountered uh, benefactors and uh, uh, donors who like to support organizations that are moving the needle towards affecting social mobility and positive outcomes economically. And from a fundraising perspective, I look at institutions of higher learning that I've been part of, 
I look at, uh, you know, uh, community colleges. I interviewed a gentleman who works for uh, community college system out in California. And you talk about uh, purpose-driven work. I mean, they are educating kids to provide them a different path. And it's not just about making a lot of money. It's about having a career that can transform their lives. And in higher education, it's about developing the next generation of educated folks that can go out there, start companies and impact, uh, uh, you know, the, the global society. So from that perspective, mm -hmm. when I talk to a professional and they're looking at what we do as simply just uh, collecting a paycheck or, uh, you know, showing up and uh, mm -hmm. oftentimes, uh, well, you probably shouldn't be in that field. You probably should be doing yeah. something different because, mm -hmm. you know, we have challenges that we face. There are so many different uh, hurdles that you face. Mm -hmm. However, at the end of the day, when you're walking down the hallways of uh, your organization to hear a story about that physician that was able to uh, to get an MD and uh, they're out there practicing, they're helping the community, or somebody's walking down the hallways of a college and you see those kids uh, excited about being there, about learning, and then you see them at graduation and they're proud of Jordan. Mm -hmm. That's why we do what we do. So that to me mm -hmm. is being purposeful in what we do in advancement. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks uh, for sharing. No, absolutely. I'm glad to. Uh, every time I, uh, I I get an opportunity to, I love to share that because something that I'm passionate about, which is why I've been in this career that we're in. And uh, so you talked about this a little bit ago, but uh, I want to go back to it. At some point in your career, you hone in on your mission and your core values as an advancement professional. Uh, perhaps uh, you may want to share with us what your core values are as a professional and how mm -hmm. they have influenced the kind of organizations that you've chosen to work for. Love that question. Thank you so much, uh, Kim. So, I, you know, this is, um, I'm going to step back a little bit on this question because this is a really, really important one, right? Um, so I'm a person that is very much shaped by like, like, like many, like all of us, right? Family, community, um, and my experiences, right? And so, um, the organizations that I've had the pleasure to serve in have all been ones where there was strong alignment to mission and vision, very, very strong alignment. So I've been really, really fortunate in that, in that respect. And, and frankly, I think as advancement professionals, it's, 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 you know, it's paramount, right? You've got to have a connection to mission and vision of, of the organizations in which we serve. So um, I have been very, very fortunate in that, in that regard. And, um, in terms of my own core values, I'm very attuned to issues of social justice, um, right. inclusive of health equity. I'm always, I'm also, um, I have a passion for youth development, um, education. I would say I'm a first-generation college graduate, so education is something, and the power of education, um, post-secondary, et cetera, is something that resonates with me on a, on a deep, deep level as well. So 
Um, fortunately, I have had the pleasure of serving in organizations that touched all of the areas that I just that I just mentioned, which has been great. Um, my own core values, um, integrity um, is really important, and that's something that I try to embody. Um, I, um, you know, adhere to transparency in terms of engaging with donors, um, ensuring that they're aware, um, you know, as changes are forthcoming in the organization, um, you know, as priorities shift, et cetera. Um, I'm very intentional about being very transparent with them around those things. So again, um, transparency um, and integrity are, are really important to me. Um, I also strive to be um, a change agent myself um, in terms of um, in, in terms of my role as a leader, how I engage with others, um, and I like to um, connect with with individuals' um, personal passion, right, and their and their mission and vision for their life and their philanthropy. So that's how. I approach, I approach the work um, by and large. I would say um, I'm also a person, um, I strive for peace and harmony in my own personal life. And so I do seek balance. And so I'm very intentional about um, things like carving out, you know, quiet time for myself and exercise and eating well and all of those things too. You got uh, to. Really, really important. Yeah, really, really important to me. Um, so yeah, so I would say those are some of my, you know, core values, um, you know, and the things that I bring to uh, to the work. I also, um, to the extent possible, strive to be innovative, you know, to think outside the box and not necessarily adhere to business as usual. Um, and so I come into most of the roles that I've that I have um, served in. There have been opportunities to innovate. Um, perhaps not across the board, if I'm being honest, but there have been some opportunities to innovate. And so that's always um, motivating for me um, in terms of, um, you know, just moving the organization forward and thinking long term and adhering to mission and, and again, trying to have real impact and scale. Um, so that's that's something that I really um, strive for um, in my work. The ability to innovate is something that one can never take for granted because in many instances uh, in uh, advancement work, you really don't get to do that. So when you have that opportunity and leadership that recognizes that you have the uh, ability to develop a vision and see through it that can impact mm -hmm. the overall organizational goal, that's just a beautiful, beautiful situation to be in. So um, why is it important for your mission and core values to be aligned with the uh, mission of your organization? I know you've talked about it. Uh, mm -hmm. We're an ambition-driven organization, but real quickly, from your perspective, why is it yeah. important? You know, simply put, um, as a development professional, I, I personally would have a really challenging time, right, serving in, in this role in particular um, in an organization that I did not have a connection to, you know, in terms of my own personal passions and, and the things that I care deeply about. So that's very important to me. Um, you know, one of the, the laws of, of development is that, um, you know, you need to give before you ask, right? 
So I wanted to be yep. an organization that I um, am personally invested in, in terms of my own philanthropy. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's to, to be able to carry the mission forward, to articulate a compelling case for support, to um, you know, convey that case for support in the form of a proposal or a direct you know, conversation with the donor or prospect. When it's something that you're passionate about, um, you know, that resonates with you on the deep level, it makes that that much easier, right? Um, you know, I think it, um, and, and, and if, I'm, if we're being honest, right? When we're engaging with prospects and donors, I would argue that they can they can sense when there is a deep passion and connection and commitment to mission and vision, right? I would argue, you know, when I have received personal outreach from you know my my alma mater or any of the other organizations, you know, it's something that I look for. You know, even I think you know a lot of organizations. Um, in some cases, you know, they have individuals canvassing, right? So you're at the metro station or a bus stop or somewhere else and you have individuals canvassing. And I will say that um, I, what I've witnessed in, in some of those encounters with individuals who are, you know, fundraising in that way is in fact a real connection to the mission, right? You know, so they're standing oh, yeah. out there and they're saying, you know, do you have five minutes to talk about you know, Doctors Without Borders and the work that we're doing in Haiti or the work that we're doing in, you know, you name the part of the world. And so, you know, that I think, um, absent that, I think it makes our, it, it, it makes our job really difficult, right? Um, and I also, you know, I think it's important to be motivated, frankly, right? Um, yes, to, to do the day-to-day -day work and to, you know, to have real impact. So, yes, yeah, so I, I would argue that um, for me personally, it would be a challenge to serve an organization where I did not feel, you know, a connection to, to mission and, and have a, you know, the, the passion for it. My advice to folks uh, in our industry always is, you know, at some point early in their career, you have to get a job. So, uh, you know, I don't begrudge <laughs> you for doing that. But at some point, uh, it becomes more than just getting a job or more than a paycheck. Yeah. You know, you really hone mm -hmm. into why you're there and why it's important and don't take on an opportunity unless you believe in the mission of the place that you're going to serve because otherwise you're going to be miserable and that big, <laughs> that, that, that big paycheck is not going to be worth it and so it's really absolutely critical at some point in your career to decide i want to work in human services i'm passionate about this i will not talk to anybody any organization about opportunities that are not in that realm. Or I want to serve a, a re refugee resettlement organization because that speaks to me personally. When you go and talk to a funder and you're talking about the mission of that organization, they can tell that you believe in it. They can tell that this is not just, I'm getting a, a donation from a contribution from this place, but this is, I want to build a truly authentic relationship because I believe in the mission of this organization and guess what? If this gift does not, does not put this organization in good footing, or it does it conflicts with the core values, then we're going to walk away. And so it's absolutely critical for that alignment. So let's shift gears here and start talking about 
this uh, <laughs> most recent opportunity that you that you're, you've been part of. Uh, tell us about the National Medical Fellowships. What is the goal of NMF? And mm -hmm. talk about this strategy, sort of like why the why behind everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, happy to, happy to. Uh, so I will start off by saying I am in week two of my tenure with <laughs> with National. So, so you better Fellowship. not you you better not say anything wrong because somebody's gonna be listening to this. <laughs> absolutely, that's right. You got it. You got it. Well said, Kim. <laughs> Um, so what brought me to National Medical Fellowships is, um, again, we just we just talked about mission, vision, and passion, right? So Mas National right. Medical Fellowships is an organization that has existed since 1946 with the core mission to ensure a diverse, prepared, an equity-focused uh, pipeline to the medical professions and to leadership, right? So NMF was founded in 1946 by a physician, Dr. Franklin McLean, who recognized the lack of opportunities for African-American physicians across the nation, right? So right. for 70, seven years, this organization has existed. Um, and I would say by and large been flying under the radar screen, but has had a significant impact. So today we have an alumni base of 32,000 individuals that this organization has touched over its history, right? We have in our, yeah, in our alumni base, we have former Surgeon General, we have a we have many leaders in pharma and biotech companies. We have leaders at academic medical centers, deans, you name it. And what those individuals have in common is that they are all individuals of color. So when we were founded in 1946, the focus was specifically on African American medical professionals, MDs, and other medical professionals. Um, however, over the course of our history, we expanded our focus to include other individuals of color as well. So we focus on BIPOC uh, physicians, other medical professionals. Um, we also provide service learning opportunities, um, mentorship opportunities, uh, and research dollars specifically for clinical research. So if you are a uh, you know, if you're in a residency or you're in another role in medicine and you're seeking to pursue clinical research, we actually make dollars available for that as well, which I will tell you, having served in two academic medical centers, research dollars are not always the easiest to come by. So that is significant for us. Um, I'll also add that um, we have a wonderful leader in Micheline Davis. Um, she has been with the organization for about a year and a half now. And um, she is just wonderful, and she was a big reason that I that I came to uh, NMF. Um, we have a strategic framework that specifically calls out racism in medicine, and that our goal is to disrupt racism to achieve lasting health equity. So, you know, I was you know looking at the organization and talking to Micheline. I was sewed mm -hmm. on that. <laughs> I'm like, sign me up. 
<laughs> let's do this, right? Let's let's move, right? So I am really, really excited to be at NMF. Again, I am in week two, so I am still drinking from the proverbial fire hose. <laughs> but it has been it has been wonderful, and we're going to do some some really great things going forward. So I am really, really excited. Um, and I think it's important you know, to, I, to, to point out that, uh, you know, when, we, when, when you talk when we talk about equity in, in healthcare and providing opportunities, it's not about displacing anybody. It's about adding value to some something, adding value to the field and providing opportunities, uh, just like you talked about earlier, for folks who come through the hallways of an academic uh, uh, medical center to see folks like them and to expand the reach. Uh, and so I think it's it's uh, it's critical uh, to, to talk about those things. And this is a very comprehensive organization that has been around for many years that even I'm learning about it. And uh, I learned about it through, through you. And I said, you know, we gotta, we gotta use this platform to, to help shed light to the work that this organization is doing that is critical uh, to uh, our country. And, uh, you know, especially in the, in, in the in the medical care arena, oftentimes you go to uh, urban hospitals. You don't see uh, uh, many uh, physicians that look like uh, you know like us that represent uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, representative of people that they serve. So this you know this mission is very critical. Uh, let's talk about uh, philanthropy. How has uh, mm -hmm. philanthropy impacted the 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 vision and mission of uh, uh, National Medical Fellowships? Well, you know, let me let me say this. So philanthropy has been uh, core to our work for some, you know, since the beginning, right? So it's always been a core part. Um, we have a donor base that includes um, alumni, um, our alums. Um, it also includes uh, corporations. So we have a wonderful board of directors in place, some of whom sit in um, companies that are, are are also donors to the organization. Um, beyond our board members, we also have other groups as well that support our scholarship programs, um, as well as research opportunities and our service learning opportunities. So that's a little bit about our um, our donor base, sort of at a, at a just at a summary level. Um, yeah. Additionally, I'm proud to share. I'm really really proud to share that. Last year, National Medical Fellowships received a $12 million gift from Mackenzie Scott. So we were one of the I think we all know uh, the impact that um, Mackenzie Scott has been having in her philanthropy. Um, you know, we've heard stories about, you know, other um, women philanthropists doing wonderful things, but we um, we're very honored to receive a gift from her last year. So that gift really is transformational um, for National Medical Fellowships. And we've been doing some wonderful things um, with that investment so far. So we're really, really excited. Um, yeah, but I will say uh, one last thing is, um, you know, as we move ahead, we want to leverage that um, wonderful transformational gift um, to position us for, to really scale and have, um, to do more with our donors um, and to expand our donor base as well. So 
I would be remiss if I didn't say that, um, as you know, Kim, <laughs> being in the space. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's where we're going. Is yeah, we're we're looking to really grow um, and expand. Um, our new strategic framework has twelve pillars that include both policy and thought leadership. So, in addition to the core work that we are known for, scholarships, clinical research, service learning, we're also seeking to really grow. Um, our work and our footprint in this space so that we can again disrupt racism um, in medicine. That is incredible. I really, uh, you know, I'll, I'll oftentimes say uh, when it comes to the philanthropy that Mackenzie Scott has been uh, doing, uh, the fact that your organization is one of those that receives has received her generosity speaks volume to the mission uh, that you are on because they don't just give money for the sake of giving money. You have to prove that you are actually spending those dollars to impact the community in a way that's measurable and scalable. And so uh, that, 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 that is a great vote of confidence for your organization, for NMF and the work that it's doing. So as we uh, uh, wrap up here, how do you see your work impacting the future of medicine in America? How do you see it as you, you know, let's say 10 down to 10 years down the street, uh, you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking about all the work that you've done. Uh, let's just, uh, uh, you know, what would your thoughts be about the impact that, that you see uh, uh, NMF having on the future of medicine in America? Absolutely. So, and thank you for that. That's a wonderful, wonderful question. Um, so I'll, I'll answer that by saying that the reason an organization like NMF exists, right, um, has a lot to do <laughs> with our country's history, right? Right. How we have, how we have, how, how we are situated as a nation um, and these lingering disparities that have existed in health outcomes, right? Um, for a number of years, right? We know that racism and prejudice and bias actually contribute to poor health outcomes for people of color, right? Have a significant impact. You think of mental well being, you think of the impact of stress on the body and things like hypertension and other issues, right? So, our goal is again to disrupt you know, this lingering impact, right, by mm -hmm. diversifying who is actually providing the care that we all receive. And that, you know, certainly people of color, but our nation as a whole, right? We want to, right. What, what, we, what we also know is that individuals of color who do enter the medical professions, who do research, um, do so with the lens toward addressing the inequities that exist in health outcomes. Their research tends to focus more on those areas. The care that their patients, patients time and time again report receiving um, more patient-centered care, right? Um, mm -hmm. Particularly if they're a person of color from medical professionals of color. Right. Um, and so what we again, our goal is really to ensure that 
the face of medicine not only reflects the diversity in our country, but also that those professionals are trained with a lens toward equity, right? And right. addressing, you know, inequitable health outcomes. So really, again, it's not just about diversifying who's who's in those roles, who's in the medical professions, but also essentially impacting the health outcomes of our nation. And so that's really what our goal is. And um, again, I couldn't be more excited to, to be in the role that I'm in. I'm so um, honored, frankly, um, to, to, to have been selected for the position. Well, as a friend and colleague, I couldn't be more happier for you and to see you in a role at a place that uh, is mission-driven, where you're really excited about the work. And so couldn't be happier for you. As we uh, come to the end of the program here, uh, perhaps you can uh, give us two key takeaways about the importance of purpose. Uh, you know, we'll be talking about purpose-driven philanthropy. We walk through your career and uh, the, the reasons why you pursue certain things and uh, why you are where you are now, your why, your core values. So perhaps we can close with two key takeaways on the importance of purpose. Absolutely. Uh, love that question. So, so yeah, so I'll, I'll answer that in two ways. Um, one, I want to leave our listeners with, again, I, I just want to underscore the, the message from earlier, and that is connecting to passion, right? right? Um, the closer we can get to, you know, not all of us are going to necessarily be in the exact job that perhaps is, is most well-suited for our skills and God-given talents, right? Not all of us may end up in those roles, right? But to the extent possible, if you can align yourself, and this is either from an entrepreneurial standpoint point, or serving in an organization and or you know, a for-profit entity or government, et cetera, the, the more closely we can align with mission and vision, the better and the happier we'll, we'll be. Um, secondly, um, I can't stress enough the importance of balance. So ensuring that you are pouring into yourself <laughs> yeah. and taking care of self, you know, the idea of, you know, put your oxygen mask on first before you help someone with theirs if you're on a plane that's going down, yeah. right? Self-care so, is critical. Absolutely. So I think as professionals, and, and I say professionals, I'm talking all of us across the board, whether you are, you know, the person delivering the mail and, you know, uh, serving in a janitorial role, or you're sitting at the top of the organization or everybody in between, we all have to be intentional about self-care, pouring into ourselves, um, ensuring that, you um, our life is joyful, the people that we surround ourselves with, the activities and, and where we invest our time and energies, making sure and being attuned to um, joy um, and purpose and those things as well. So those are my those are my takeaways. Well, my friend, it's been a pleasure. There you have it, folks. I'm Kim Naoni. This is Mentorship Matters. Thank you for joining us today and see you soon.